position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for... Members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello. Before we begin, I'd like to take a moment to express my shock and horror over the shootings last week in uh, Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas. As a Las Vegan, where over 500 people were shot by a sniper with a bump stock, it's time for America to put together and pass legislation banning assault-style automatic rifles and extended magazines, drums, etc., banana clips, um, all of which are weapons of war and no civilian needs and should not be allowed to own. We also need comprehensive background checks and red flag laws to prevent people with violent ideations from acting on them before it's too late. While the motivation of the Dayton shooter uh, remains unclear, every American knows the why behind the uh, horrifying shooting at an El Paso Walmart. The cause of it was the hateful racist invective propagated by President Trump in his attempt to otherize Mexicans, turning them into a narco-criminal, rapist, human-trafficking stereotype invading America to destroy it and somehow steal its great whiteness. This is not true and must stop or more innocent people are sure to die. 
Unfortunately, because our president is beholden to the NRA and the GOP, uh, and the symbolic link between those two and Trump's secondary base of xenophobes and white supremacist scum, both parts of the government are loath to acknowledge the reality that it's the widespread availability of these weapons that makes America so uniquely plagued by this scourge of mass shootings. Instead, they attempt to blame media, video games, rap music, and mental illness. These are paper tiger proxies. The problem is the guns. The problem is the availability of the guns. The catalyst is our president. The backstop is Mitch McConnell and the GOP. Do not be fooled, my friends. And finally, I, I do need to stand up for video games here. One thing I will say is that if young people, people too young to play games that are made for adults are playing games that are made for adults. That's bad parenting and etc. But that does not lead to violent ideation in the real world. Uh, there have been studies done. It is a complete paper tiger, a total falsehood and a distraction from the obvious main problem. It's the guns, stupid. Now, on with this week's show. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, welcome to a very special episode of the Best Linux Games Podcast. For nearly five years now, we've brought you nothing but the best games available for the new slash Linux operating system in the drunkest podcast ever. Welcome episode number 250 holy shit 250 Ivor 210 years 10 years man 10 <laughs> 250 10 years man welcome years. welcome all to episode number 250 of the best Linux games podcast being recorded for you late on this Sunday, August 11th at 15.10pm Pacific years, Coast 10. Time, left coast coast at the most time. 3 o'clock, crack engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth. How do you feel, Ivor? He's holding up the whiskey sign. Drink, 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 drink. Mm. Mm. 10 years, man! That would make it for our sequel, friends. 2019, 08, 11, 15, 10. Raise the roof. Yes, speaking of Ivor, you're fired. Uh, and also, later on in this episode, you will hear Ivor speak for the first time. Considering he's been with me now for 250 episodes, I figure we will give him the opportunity to tell, ask him what he would like most from me going forward. Oh yeah, Woody Herman! <laughs> now on with this show. Yeah! Ten years! Which leads us to our top stories. Uh, in case you missed it uh, during that intro, thank you for producing that intro, Ivor. Uh, welcome to episode number 250 of 250 of the Best Links Games podcast. Uh, later on, before the end of the show, Ivor will speak. We will indeed grant him this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to... We, it, well, we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there when we get there. Um, 
Okay, so now for the top stories for from this last week. Uh, first of all, Proton 4.11-2 uh, came out uh, this week, which completely fixed our any issues that we had outstanding with um, our Valve Index. That's kind of the theme of this week's show. We do have something for you non-VR users, um, and I don't expect to constantly incorporate as much VR content as blah, blah, but I have to tell you, the theme of the show is the Valve Index rocks, um, especially with uh, Proton 4 uh, 11.2. Um, you run Steam VR Beta, uh, and everything works. It's pretty amazing. Even the games that aren't designed for use with the Index controller um, <coughs> work fantastically uh, in proxy. There's a tool that they made that allows you to that allows developers to remap between the Vive controllers and the Knuckles controllers on the Index. So it's fantastic. Now, and it is by far the most stable, easiest to set up uh, virtual reality system that I've ever used, including on Windows. It is vastly superior to uh, the HTC Vive, even on Windows. And I'm running it on Linux. So it, it's great. Things are, the 4.11.2 made a huge fucking difference. Um, also, the reason why we're late this week is not because it's episode 250 and Ivor had to take an extra day to do that awesome intro. Um, we broke our Steam installation on Friday when we were, we were going to do the show on Saturday morning broke the steam broke itself it got an update pushed to it that was supposed to fix a linux interface bug and it completely destroyed our steam install we had to uninstall it so that was nine o'clock at night on nine o'clock at night uh, nine o'clock on friday night then uh saturday morning at oh god nine o'clock i guess so 12 hours later it still wasn't fixed we went to sleep at four o'clock in the morning i went to sleep at four o'clock that morning and woke up at nine o'clock and uh, I tried to make it work some more. Then I had an appointment and a couple of errands I had to run. But by three o'clock, I was back, and there still was no no Steam available. And I was I I need to demo these a uh, bunch of a bunch of VR games, um, which is ironic because it wasn't VR that broke it. it was, I'm pretty sure it was Steam pushing that update, or it could could have been some sort of uh, corrupted file somewhere. But it was just fucked. It was fucked. Um, and so I was like, alright, fine, I'll uninstall it. I purged it and then I deleted the folder and I knew that was going to be a pain in the ass. That was like around... It took 10 minutes for the RMRF command on my Steam uh, folder to finish executing. That's how many fucking games. Jesus Christ. So then I knew... So that, so that, that was like eh, 3.30 4 o'clock-ish. And so I was like, okay, I'll go to the bar, I'll install, you know, a bunch of these games, turned out to be over uh, 300 gigabytes, so over a quarter of a terabyte of data that needed to be downloaded, I'll go to the bar, but I rebooted, and I left my VPN on, which, while it's great for, um, it works fine when I'm, you know, it works great for everything other than downloading games, huge games, like terabyte, three, you know, three-tenths of a terabyte worth of games, um, it works great, like, you know, uh, playing multiplayer, even. It does not like live streaming. Um, 
multiplayer especially it really hates that um but it really hates it when you try to you know blah so I came back you know two hours later expecting it to be you know kind of near done and it was nowhere near done I was like what the fuck then I realized the VPN was on so by 10 o'clock that night I had everything back installed uh and etc so that was a big pain in the ass at the latest by almost two days so I apologize for that also in non-VR news, I beat Wolfenstein Youngblood this week. It took me about 32 hours, so meaning it would take your average gamer probably about somewhere between half that and, you know, three quarters of that. So it's over 20 hours, 18 to, you know, maybe 26 hours. I took a lot of side quests and stuff, and I still want to play the game. Um, especially one of the neat things about after you beat the game, it frees you up to play with other players. And you can still improve your character. Your stats and everything remain the same. It's the entire structure of the game. And it's one of the unique features of Wolfenstein Youngblood that I think that that a lot of the um, people who've been hypercritical about it uh, don't really give enough credit for the simple elegance of the system. But we'll talk more about that in a review of it uh, later this month. Um, we have... We'll, we'll have to do a review show actually, which are like the third least favorite type of shows that I like to do because it involves doing full reviews. It's like three weeks worth of show in one show, is the bottom line. So anyway, episode 250, can you fucking believe it? I cannot fucking believe it. Looking at that number, I cannot believe it. So that brings us to our... Uh, Oh, our feature this week is, as I, as I said, uh, I don't know what we're going to call it, but it's like Valve Index Rules, Ivor Speaks, I guess. Um, we got three great VR titles that I want to talk about. Uh, but we'll get to that when we get to it. First off, Ivor based him with a new and noteworthy, because we do have two non-VR games for you this week. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So we have two perennial favorites uh, and friends of the show, more or less. Ark Survival Evolved uh, came out with a new... Uh, I don't know if it's a full sequel or what, but it's called Ark Genesis... And uh, they launched it uh, this week. I have not played it yet. I do intend to buy it with the season pass. Um, it looks like all of the madness from the previous DLCs and expansion packs for Ark. One of the best. I mean, there's seven days to there's Minecraft, seven days to die, and then there's Ark. And Ark is Minecraft with dinosaurs instead of seven days to die with zombies. Um with multiplayer and stuff, the subsequent uh, updates to it and the the sequels and the, the DLCs and etc. expansion packs have really made the Ark universe into kind of a crazy whatever the fuck we want to do with it kind of thing. And Ark Genesis looks like they're introducing insane magic and mythology. Like there's a turtle with the world on its back and it's swimming in an ocean and shit. I have no idea. I have no idea, but it's out there. I will be playing it. I'll let you know as details become available. Uh, et cetera. I think Arc Genesis. Oh shit. Ivor, god damn it. You're so fucking far. I'm gonna, I'm not going to set up the mic for Ivor. This up. No, I, we will. We will. We teased it. We, before the end of the show, you will hear Ivor express himself for the first time on the show. 
But wait, we're waiting for Steam to open up here so I can fucking price check this shit. Sorry about that. So yeah, so it is a um, it's an expansion pack for uh, Ark Survival Evolved. Uh, it is $34.99. It's called the Ark Genesis Season Pass. Uh, fuck you, Ivor, for fucking us up over that, you motherfucker. Uh, and up next and last on our are new and noteworthy. Um, one of the more whimsical and disturbing games uh, outside of Agatha Knife and Mechanica. Uh, Mechanica. Oh, I remember that was such a great game. Mechanica. Uh, Agatha Knife was not quite as good, but Mechanica was fantastic. Mm. There was another game, not from, I don't believe it's from the same studio, but it's called a Kinder, it was called Kindergarten. K-I-N-D-E-R-G-A-R-T-E-N. Well, in kindergarten, you uh, take on the role of the new kid at school in kindergarten, and you relive basically endlessly uh, the series of days in which it's almost like half-minute hero or minute, but without a time constraint. You have like these four periods of the day, and you go through them endlessly. And you try to advance your favor among other students and solve mysteries and etc. And there's always something afoot. Bleak, bleak, dark humor. Uh, well, Kindergarten has released a sequel, Kindergarten 2, which is just out this week for $14.99. So, you know, uh, an, a pseudo old score point and clicker with psychotic humor. Um, a lot of charm. I've not yet played Kindergarten 2. I've been too busy with virtual reality. That brings us to our feature. Ivor, based them with the feature. What do you think? Oh, my God. It's Bolivians. Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Kooky. Yes, so as promised, our feature this week is again, I, I know, it's all about the Valve Index and how much it rules. We have four games for you, four great VR titles that I really want to highlight that I've gotten the chance to play. Um, Blade and Sorcery is not among them. Uh, I played a lot of VR games this week, which is why I can tell you now definitively that this is by far the best virtual reality experience I have ever had, and that's ever as in anywhere, anytime, any place. The Knuckles controllers uh, have an adjustment strap to them and it's very important that you get that adjusted correctly so that all of your fingers register. Once you get once you get that dialed in, any game with, fing- with the finger tracking built in absolutely sings and even some that don't. One of the games that was not designed for uh, the Knuckles controllers is probably one of the best. It's also one of the cheapest. It's called Pavlov VR. It is a hyper-realistic gun simulator. Multiplayer, um, pseudo-Counter-Strike-like, pseudo-Arena Team DM, objective-based DM, uh, tactical shooter. It is the most hyper-realistic shooter I think I have ever played. Um, I learned how to aim down the sights. There's a video that I made of us looking down the scope, and I did, I, I, I didn't use the game's actual VR compositor to do this video, because if 
if you use the the actual VR the way that it shows other people watching you play the game when you aim down scopes or down the sights it switches almost to a pseudo third person view that doesn't give anyone the sense of what you're actually doing well my mind was blown when I looked down the scope of a Steyr AUG and realized that it is a that it is a fully functional scope on a Steyr AUG all of the sights on every weapon all of which are incredibly realistically rendered and feel real and feel concrete and deal real horrific uh damage and must be reloaded and you know you gotta you gotta pull the slide you gotta know where the slides are and everything you gotta know how to drop the clips some guns drop their clips differently um some require purely a manual left hand kind of thing but anyway you're holding by virtue of the uh valve index grips the knuckles controllers they've added in they they've backported from the vive controller setup uh the developers have done this uh so that the game works with the knuckles grips which is amazing because if you just shoot like you know you're holding a gun and you just shoot uh, you know, even like trying to aim down the sights, you're going to be very inaccurate, even if you are aiming correctly down the sights. And this is true for all the sights, like from the speed sights, you bring the gun up to your face to do this. Like the gun is just, it's, it, nothing changes. You don't switch to a different view. It's amazing. And with your peripheral vision, once you get it dialed in and once you, uh, get really good, uh, at depending on the iron sights or the speed sights for the pistols or the scopes for the sniper rifle and the AUG and etc. Uh, my personal favorite is actually the MP5, which I never knew that the slide was on the front. I, sorry, I, 20 fucking five years of knowing all about this fucking gun, and I never knew that the fucking slide is on the front. It's a brilliant design. Um, but you have to drop your clip, you have to, you know, pull out another clip and slam the clip in. You get very good at this. It is something, it is a, an acquired skill. Um, I've only played multiplayer versus the bots. And I've only done that twice, um, with, but with some success on easy. I mean, some great success on easy, actually. Like we're talking like 16 kills and et cetera. Um, but the predom- predominantly, I've just spent, spent a lot of time at the shooting range in the game, getting, f- trying to familiarize myself with as many of the weapon systems as possible because there are a ton of guns in this game and they are all from Benelli tactical, uh, auto shotties to, um, or Benelli tactical pumps to, uh, auto shotguns to, uh, Saiga like barrel fed, um, automatic machine guns to HMGs, to uh, uh, M16, you know, coal carbine style. Uh, it's actually the M16 that they have in the game. Um, the Styrog, uh, the Barrett, in terms of sniper rifles, and then a full complement of pistols, including the 1911 uh, SOCOM, uh, SOCOM, I think it's the 45 modified, it's the 45 model of the SOCOM. Um, which just deals ridiculous damage and, uh, you know, learning the fire modes on all the guns is another thing. But, like, once you, once you learn how to aim down the sights, it is no longer a thing about, there's no longer a thing where you're shooting from the hip anymore. You know, like how in normal first-person shooters, you either shoot from the hip or you look down the scope, like in Counter-Strike, you know, uh, with the op. Well, none of that anymore. There is no other mode. There's just the gun. So, 
once you get really good, like for instance, I'm particularly good at the uh, MP5, which is a gun that I I've never liked that much. I mean, unless you know, other outside of the Dick Marchinko books, um, it is very deadly. It is incredibly deadly. Um, but learning the fire modes and stuff, and then learning the actual sights means that situationally, you don't really have to aim down the sights necessarily. You kind of aim through the sight. I don't know how to describe it, because it's like, you have all this peripheral vision, so like, you know, I'll headshot somebody, and within half a second, you know, just start drilling the guy behind him, or next to him, you know, to his left or whatever, uh, without really bringing the gun up to my eye. Now, if you want to use akimbo pistols, you really have to bring them straight up to your fucking eyes and keep them level. Both of them level. Like you have, it's amazing though. And the way you steady, uh, your guns, you be it with the bullpup handle on the, um, on the Steyr Aug, or be it, uh, just, uh, holding onto the pump of the Benelli Tactical, which you do have to pump. You have to eject every shell. And guess what? Reloading involves refilling shell by shell. Meaning that you can, you know, do, but you, reloading is not a fast thing because it does involve you going to your belt literally with your hand and literally grabbing virtual shotgun shells and putting them into the so while the gun is very deadly it's only really good when it's fully loaded um and then there's a full co- there's like UMP um style uh bullpup uh machine gun they're they're uh you know a tactical submachine gun um there are uh but anyway once you get good at 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 aiming down the sights it's more like you're aiming through the sights and you have a full full range of peripheral vision even when you're looking once you get good at looking down the scope of uh guns like the styrog which is probably my second favorite gun in the game um because you can actually shoot that one-handed while you're looking down the scope and it's still reasonably accurate everything else the gun will just like f- almost fly out of your hands if you're if you try to if you try to fire the barrett which is a humongous sniper rifle it's the biggest sniper rifle in the world i think um, if you try to fire the Barrett without both hands on the gun, the gun will fly out of your hands. Grenades work equally as well. I have not gotten a knife kill yet. Um, but it is amazing and it is astonishingly realistic. Um, it's disturbingly realistic in uh some respects because like I realized that I had never known where the fucking slide was on an MP5. But you have to know, and you have to get really, really, really good at dropping clips, replacing clips, and pulling the slide on every single gun. Um, and these these uh, are acquired skills, so they require training and practice. And it is very cool because then when you take these skills into the multiplayer, it is incredible. Like you don't like lean around corners; you physically lean around the corner. It's meant to be played standing, not f- room scale VR, because I don't have enough room for room scale VR. Um, but standing does just fine. And the locomotion, which you know, actually moving your feet, you know, moving forward, backwards, you know, straving right and left, are handled by the two um, analog sticks on each knuckles controller, which is a theme that you will 
see developing as we proceed. Pavlov VR is $9.99 right now. Um, it's an older game. It looks fantastic. The knuckles support in terms of the grip, in terms of actually getting all of your fingers rendered, is a little finicky in Pavlov VR, but once you get it dialed in, it is just astonishing. I've never played anything like it. I've never even seen anything like it. Beyond that, I've never even imagined that such a trick would be possible to quote Top Skater, because it is our 250th episode, Ivor! So there's Pavlov VR. I didn't want to bury the lead, because that's probably the game that I've spent the most time in. Um, well, no, it's, that's not true. Anyway, up next on our four great uh, Steam VR games, and like I said, Blade and Sorcery is omitted from this list because I have not had enough time to play it, but I have I have found it immensely satisfying to shoot Force Lightning at someone out of my hands while reaching back behind my back to grab my falchion and, you know, hacking people up, and the physics are pretty interesting, but it requires more playtime. I need, I need, I need to know more about that game before I fully talk about it. But here's a game that requires almost no introduction. Super Hot VR. Super Hot VR. Super Hot VR is a massive trade-off from the original Super Hot. The original Super Hot had full locomotion. You could move around the level. In Super Hot VR, you are planted in place. This is at once really cool and at once really trele suck. It's really cool in that figuring out how the fuck to get out of each situation is incredibly intense. It also affords you massive amounts of aerobic squatting exercise as you take your broken nearly 40 year old fucking knees because you're an old sedentary fat fat chain smoking motherfucker you're right Ivor more whiskey one moment it will take your weak weak old man body through a calisthenic course of rigorous 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 leaning bending stretching reaching squatting etc the likes of which will leave you punished when you wake up the following morning mmm hungover in your hammock. Oh, wait. I guess that might have been too specific a description. Yeah. So, the main feature of Super Hot VR, you lose the locomotion, but you do gain two independent hands. Meaning that you can just reach over and take the gun out of someone's hand and blow their fucking face off while you're looking at them. You are punching blindly to your left as you kill two of his friends with fist punches to their face and because time only moves when you move every one of your movements like if you turn your head that counts as moving if you move your hand it counts as moving so time advances in those contexts if you fire your gun time advances a little bit faster enemies bullets i don't want to go through the entire time scale for super hot vr but here's the here's the big idea before before you turn your head to the left to see if you've killed everybody, you, have, you still have that gun in your right hand. This is another thing that makes the Knuckles controllers really shine. To grab the gun, you just close your hand. You reach out your hand, and you close your hand. It's amazing. It is really amazing, and it is incredibly immersive. But so, you have these two guys you, you've been face-punching blindly to your left. Now you turn your head to your left, 
And because everything is slowed down, you still have time to reach up and grab the knife that one of the guys that you face punched in the face threw up in the air. Now you have a knife and you throw that at the guy who is, you know, at your 12 o'clock who's shooting at you as you duck down onto your knees, as you squat on your knees and lean to the left. One of my favorite moments in the game so far, actually, is here's the situation. You're standing on a tiny little balcony. There is a solid wall in front of you. You're like at a at a L intersection of these lower solid walls on this balcony. About three meters in front of you is an open window on the adjacent building, and there's a guy with a gun there. Adjacent to that window to your left, so that's like at 12 o'clock, okay? Adjacent to that window is uh, a doorway to another balcony, also on that same attached to that same adjacent building. And there's a guy with a shotgun, or he's got some gun. I can't remember what gun he has. Then to your nine o'clock, there is a, a series of staircases down which a guy is coming who has guns as well. I got killed here a thousand times. When you get killed in this game, you have to restart the entire chapter, which is cool because it does give you quite a workout. I mean, it'll kick your ass. I played two hours of it uh, in one standing. You have to be standing for this game. Um, be- and you need it because here's the thing. I failed this mission, th- this 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 uh, this uh, sequence so many times that eventually I got one of my most religious experiences from Super Hot during one of my failures. As I dodged literally seven, eh, four to seven bullets. And this required dodging in every single way because you, you, I didn't have a gun and I didn't know that there was a gun at our feet um, until later. So there I am. The, I'm in a shooting gallery. I can't go anywhere. All these guys are really close to me. Luckily, they don't fire that fast. And they're pretty much designed to be pretty stupid. Um, but to overwhelm you and I literally I have video of it it is astonishing it is astonishing dodging all those bullets and it put me through quite the workout Um, so you lose the locomotion but you gain two hands that are fully functional and you gain the ability to use cover as if you're in the real world it is almost a fair trade I would say I get the impression that Super Hot VR is shorter than uh, its predecessor, and there has been no sign of Tree Dude. So that is Super Hot VR, $24.99. I'm next. Many, many, many thanks go out to friend of the show, Ad Knight, for hitting me up on the Discord channel when he found out that um, I, I had the Valve Index up and running. He's out in Singapore, uh, and w- one of the coolest things that I did this week. Uh, was playing virtual uh, VR chat as he helped me get set up for VR chat. Um, unfortunately, I ran out of time and I haven't been back, but VR chat is amazing and VR chat is free. Um, it's like an MMORPG, but without the role playing game aspect of it, you can create your own worlds in Blender using the SDK. You just got to import them into. Uh, 
uh, Unity. Um, you can create your own character models. Ad Knight uh, had a particularly had two particularly interesting ones. First, he was like a little midget who looked like a little midget Yoda girl witch sorcerer, but she was like tiny. It was hilarious. Uh, and then he then he uh, switched his avatar to um, another one that he made of like this prince guy in his pajamas. He's got like his royal cape and he's got a crown and everything, but he's in his pajamas. It was hilarious. Um, and there's all kinds of shit to do. There are games inside of VR chat. You can download, you can get other avatars from other people or you can make them yourself. Um, it is really impressive and it does not require a virtual reality headset or even, you know, uh, hands or whatever. All right, more whiskey. VR chat is astonishing, and I will be playing that throughout this week. Um, hopefully with Ad Night. Mm. Mm. Two big complaints about VR chat is that the one time I got to demo it, uh, I had not yet upgraded to the latest Proton Beta. Not, not the. Th- this is the one before four eleven two. Yes, they dropped two new versions in the same week. I'm pretty sure. In fact, pretty sure they may have dropped three because I think they updated three dot sixteen to like an official release. I think I'm not sure because everything's been broken for like the last two days. So, um. Mm. But VR chat was a little crashy for me. Actually, it was very crashy for me. But then again, everything had not been set up properly at that point. And the other thing that, the other problem that I had is that VR chat doesn't make it very easy to get into VR chat. Like, it does require some, in, a lot of in-game, not some, a lot of in-game configuration tweaking and stuff. And it really helps if you know someone who can, like Adnite did for me, help to jump you in. Because I was, like, kind of stuck in, like, the external lobby, you know, just trying to read the tutorials and figuring out what my controls were. Um, but Adnite totally walked me through it. One of the cool things that Adnite showed me was, was uh, how to open up your camera, which is a double-sided camera. It's like a camera phone. It actually looks like a Nintendo Switch. Um, and you can place that camera anywhere. It has two sides. One side, like, takes selfies and shit. The other side, though, if you flip it around, wherever you put the camera, it will stay there filming you, and that's the feed that will be broadcast uh, to people watching you play the game, like, if you're live streaming and stuff. That is amazing. I mean, it is amazing. It is amazing. VR chat's been around for a while. They ha- it's free. It is free. It is a project I am going to get involved with. Um, and it's amazing. It is astonishing. I kept asking Adnan. He was, he's like, shut up, Skooky. Like, how is this free? Who the fuck who owns this? Why how who is making money out of this? And they have all these servers. You can make your own worlds, etc. Um, if you have any skills in Blender, which you know, I do. Um, and I haven't looked at the SDK and I haven't looked at the documentation for how to import your own stuff yet because I've been fucking busy like a motherfucker. 250 episodes I have worked. Can you believe it? Um, but yeah, many thanks go out to Ad Night. Um, and if any, any of you uh, VR chat, 
hit me up. I'm Skooky Sprite. S-K-O-O-K-I-E-S-P-R-I-T-E. Find the link to our Discord uh, in the show blurb for this week's episode. Along with vid- along with the videos that I've mentioned so far that I've made of uh, VR. Um, so yeah, looking forward to more VR chat. And hit me up. like, And if you need help, I, I can help a little bit. Um, or I can... Or Adnite might be able, might be willing to help you. Anyway, we're it runs great on Linux. No, I don't know if it runs great because, like I said, nothing was properly set up, and so it was crashy for me. But it's very exciting, and I can't wait to play it now that I have everything up and running again. Losing two days out of out of seven is a lot of days to lose. Um, okay, so finally, in our new, uh, in our in our th- uh, four great VR title, Valve Index rules thing. Before we get to Ivor speaking, which I know you are all longing to hear, um, we have a game called Moss. M O S S. Moss is twenty nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, and where the f- fuck? God damn it, Ivor, you're fired. That's it. I'm not gonna let Ivor talk. That's it. No, we're not going to set up that microphone for him. Fuck him. This came out February 27th, 2018. So it's, it's, it's significantly old. It basically completely sings with the Knuckles controllers for the Valve Index. Here's the deal. This is probably the most difficult to explain game that I've ever tried to discuss on the podcast. In fact, it's so difficult to explain this game that even if you were to watch the video I made of it last night, it is still almost incomprehensible to understand because it's virtual reality. It's a virtual reality platformer, adventure puzzle platformer. So here's the way I described it to a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, last night because it does require significant explanation. So first of all, before I get to what I said to Jeff last night, which I have in form of text message, so it's easier for me, easier for me to than for me to have to reformulate my thoughts all over again just for the but here's the premise of the game. You are a tiny, tiny, tiny little mouse with a sword. You're a chick. Your name is Quill. You're an incredibly well animated, very cute mouse. You go on an adventure. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's the whole thing. You control the mouse. You control Quill by using the analog sticks on the right and left knuckles controllers. You jump by pressing like the A button on the right stick. And you attack with your sword using the B button on the right stick. While you're doing those things, though, you are human scale. Rep- you're, you're, you're not represent. You're represented as two. Gl- your hands are represented as two glowing blue orbs. All of this is in 3D. You are human scale in comparison to mouse scale. The game basically takes place at a scale where you are cut in half. So it's like you from the chest up. It's designed to be played while sitting, thank God. 
but you do do a fair you do a fair amount of leaning, reaching, and looking and leaning, leaning right and left and stuff, while you're controlling this little mouse with the thumbsticks in a what it what you know some would say is a fairly traditional um, puzzle platformer. But I would call it more like an adventure game than a puzzle platformer because I hate puzzle games. Even platformers that trick me into thinking that they're platformers and not puzzle games, eh, I'm still reticent to call them puzzle platformers. I'm more, I like calling them adventure platformers more than that because I hate puzzle games. That's just a pure point of prejudice on my part, but deal with it. So, this is a game that's meant to be played while sitting. So you are rendered from the torso up. You are not rendered at all, though. Unless you look down and happen to find a pond, and then you see your face. And you are a human-sized thing. You're a god in this game. You are 50 times the size of this little mouse. But this little mouse is our hero, and you're controlling the little mouse, and you help the little mouse by manipulating... Um, giant objects, controlling enemies, like you can move enemies to switches and stuff, and mind control them and and lock them into place and shit. Um, All while you're doing, all while you're, so like, okay, the last boss encounter that I had was simply this. There are these three robotic like crawdad looking motherfuckers. They're scaly, kind of um, crab-like creatures. And uh, these guys shot fireballs. There's one on the right, one on the left, and one in the middle. There are these two pillars that if you raise them, if you raise either one of them, uh, Quill can't get onto them. And you have to get to all... There's one in the middle that's static. And that's in the foreground. See how difficult this is to already comprehend? So, I can raise these pillars by reaching into the scene and pulling up the pillars. So I'm while I'm controlling Quill, I'm dodging the fireballs that these three guys are shooting at us. I'm getting her to jump onto a lowered pillar, then raising that pillar while lowering the other pillar while still controlling Quill, making her jump from the first pillar to the second static pillar while dodging these fireballs, raising the third pillar making her jump to it just in time, dodging the fireball from the center guy there, then jumping to the center guy and killing him, and then basically repeating the process for the other two guys, more or less. And you do this all at once. That is a very simple description of the shit that you can do in this game. Well, the shit that the game makes you do. What is amazing, though, like, I mean, for instance, there's... um the last puzzle I can really remember, and I hate using that word, it makes me cringe, the last adventure... Okay, so here's what I said to Jeff. This is a better description of the game than probably what I'm giving you now. So, imagine if the secret of Nim and Prince of Persia had a baby, raised it in 3D, and then made you the god who controls everything, and that is Moss VR. Oh, and cross it with Lego Scale Universe. You control a little mouse with a sword through these adventure set pieces. It is totally fucking awesome. So, like, the geography is always changing. Like, each screen, 
puts you more or less at the center of the screen, but not the mouse. The mouse can be anywhere, like, and the geography can get really twisted, like there are tunnels and shit, and so you have to look over and lean and see if there's a tunnel there, or, or like, the, one of the collectibles are scrolls, and so you have to, like, look, like, physically look your head, turn your, it's amazing, it's like being inside of a music box, it's crazy awesome, and it's beautiful, it's so beautiful, um, okay, so, like, the geography is always changing, but generally you're somewhere near the middle of the room, but the middle doesn't translate to mouse scale, you're controlling the mouse, and by the mouse I mean quill. What I mean is, you have to lean and look around and stuff, like, you can't move, the game is made for seated play, so if there's, like, a corner you can't see around, your human scale protagonist is a tiny little girl mouse, you have to lean down there and look. You also have two god hands, giant blue glowing orbs, which you can use to manipulate certain objects or control enemies, all the while you're controlling the little mouse. It's amazing. I wish it translated better from 3D to 2D, because even the video doesn't give you the sense of the world geography, which is stunning. Lego needs to make a virtual reality game, so, oh wait, that would instantly put them out of business. And God help us if we as a society ever become so stupid as to pay for the Lego VR game and not rebel and burn down wherever they were invented if they try to sell us quote-unquote part packs as DLCs. Just imagine paying for virtual Legos. That would just be the most asinine thing. Moss VR is $29.99. It is an enchanting experience, and it is an exciting, fun adventure game. I would put the emphasis more on Prince of Persia than on Puzzle. Remember how Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time had that really irritating... It wasn't that irritating, it was just complex um, sequence of jumps in the planetarium where you had to align the planets by uh, also not dying while leaping from certain switches to certain switches like a man on the flying trapeze remember how that took you like five hours to fucking figure out or maybe you're just better at puzzle games than I am because I suck at them anyway it's not a puzzle that was adventure moss is high adventure and if you like the secret of nim you will fucking shit your pants over moss and oh god everything about it is amazing and the way the little mouse is animated she's rigged and animated so perfectly I cannot wait to see over the next two fiscal quarters what games what dreams may come for Steam VR for specifically for the Valve Index because I the Knuckles controllers are unbelievable and they really their capabilities really shine um, in Moss Moss VR Moss VR and Pavlov VR uh of these four games, none of these have been reviews, by the way, because I have not beaten any of these games. Pavlov VR doesn't even have a single-player campaign, I don't think. It just it has arena shooter with uh, bots um, if you're not playing the multiplayer. But there, there are multiple game modes for that. Of these three games, of these four games, I would say that Super Hot VR, and this kills me to say, is probably the weakest for being as expensive as it is. Like I said, these are not reviews. But, by the same token, Super Hot VR is probably the best game if you're new to VR and if you're new, if you, if you're trying to set up your index on Linux, your Valve index on Linux, I would hardly recommend that you pick up Super Hot VR, even though it is $25 or Moss, along with VR Chat and Pavlov VR. But, um, just because it gives you a great sense of how well everything is tuned. So when you get to the more complicated games like 
Pavlov VR, which requires real familiarity with the Knuckles controllers. Um, I probably spent, let's see how long I've spent in it. I've, it says a uh, little under four hours, which is a lot of time in a VR game for me so far in one week, especially a week that's been this busy. I bet I had my ass slammed. So, like, before you get bewildered by trying to figure out the firing selector or how to fucking drop the clip on, you know, uh, on a SOCOM, you know, and where the fuck is my extra clip, you know, which is a massive, frustrating thing for me at first. Um, or how to press the button to start the targeting sequences at the range and shit. Before you get mystified by all that shit, it's good to have a game that'll jump you in. And I think Super Hot VR or Moss are both really good at that. By the, I thought Moss would be too complicated. I thought it'd be too complicated to actually physically manipulate virtual objects while simultaneously controlling. And you do this simultaneously. Like, it, it splits your brain in half. Like, you're doing two things. You're doing four things at once. Um, I thought that would be too complicated for me. I thought it was a bad idea, and I thought it sounded like shit. No, it is majestic. And I mean, I hope that there are more games that... I never imagined a game being made like this. It's a side-scrolling platform like Crash Bandicoot, but where you are actually in 3D... And you have to look through the geography and stuff. It, it's and it's not gimmicky at all. It's not like you know. Um, it's not cheap. It has every. It's it's it, it's so polished. It shines. It's ridiculous. So those that's our feature, and that would be our two hundred fiftieth episode if it were not because I'm a man of my word. Why so serious, Ivor? For the last. 250 episodes. One man has been by my side eagerly assisting me. Well, if not eagerly, then at least incompetently and consistently incompetently assisting me to bring you this show week after week. And that man is Ivor Molina. Due to the size of our studio um, and some technical constraints in terms of budget and resources, etc., Ivor has worked for free for 250 episodes, which feels to him like 10 years. Um, but due to these same constraints, it has been impossible for us to come up with a system by which to mic him. So I'm going to invite Ivor out of the booth. He's in a ball gag right now. Come on, Ivor. Don't worry. Yeah. We, we automated the levels, so... We did that actually the second week. Don't tell Ivor that though, because we did that knowing that he was an incompetent maniac who sleeps in our garage and is kind of stalking us. He's a fairly dangerous character to begin with. Even though we keep firing him, he keeps it. Ah, here he is. Ah, the man of the hour. I crack engineer Ivor Malia, the man who runs the show. Bring you out here to the studio so you can talk into the mic. I'm afraid of what you might say. He's drooling and smiling at me. Yeah, thumbs up, Ivor. Yeah, that's nice. Alright, I'm going to take the ball gag off, but I have one question for you, Ivor. 250 episodes we've done together. I mean, this is... It's been fucking crazy. He's nodding. Tears are rolling down his cheeks. That's so cute, Ivor. I just have one question for you. When are you going to become... No, I'm kidding. When are you going to become a fucking engineer, you asshole? When are you going to become less incompetent? No. 
I have one question for you, Ivor, and I want you to just answer this question for the listeners. 250 episodes, what do you want from me, personally, going forward? How can I assist you? You know, what, what do you want from me going forward? I'm going to take the ball gag off. Yeah, it's the metal one. <clears throat> yeah, oh, here, have, have a sip of whiskey, Ivor. Some whiskey. Yeah, no, you can talk into it. You know, just tell them what, what you want from me going forward. Now you listen, and you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines. And you're going to wear a skirt and low heeled shoes. And you're going to wear a girdle. And especially a girdle. Whoa, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Back to the ball gag, Ivor. Back into the booth. Back! Back, you foul demon! I will renounce none of these things. Thank you. This has been our 250th episode of the Best Links Games Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week with episode 251, because if there's one thing we know, it's how to put one foot in front of the other, and I will not renounce pinball or booze, and I'm not wearing a fucking girdle. Oh, who knew? Who knew? I forgot. I forgot why we, we do not let him talk. I forgot why we don't let him talk. All right. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you especially to all of our listeners. 250 episodes. You know, it's all about it's all about us. Why is I? You know, someone uh, Vigilant Viking said the other day to me in the Discord. He said, "But you're the Starks." I was I was teasing him that Ivor would actually get to talk, and what a disaster that was! Oh boy, never doing that again. Never doing. I will clip that so though, so I can put it at the end. Whoa, whoa! And you're fired. You're so fired this time. But Vigilant Viking was like. Don't let him give you any lip, Skooky. You're the star. And I was like, the star? <laughs> That's the funniest thing I had heard all fucking year. Anyway, so it's all about you guys. Uh, really. Um, I'm just here to pass on the information. As I see it, 250 fucking episodes. Uh, next week, we'll be back for 251. God willing. Cheers. Stay safe out there. And thanks for listening. Yeah, play it, Ivor. Play it one more time. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna cry. Four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy, yaddy, oh, four or five times. We're going to have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy, yaddy, four or five times. Matt Damon. Now you listen, now you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines. And you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes and you're going to wear a girdle. And especially a girdle. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous.
Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice. Now you listen, and now you listen, for you're going to be a meek little housewife with horn-rimmed spectacles. And you're going to stay away from men and juke joints and booze and pinball machines, and you're going to wear a skirt and low-heeled shoes, and you're going to wear a girdle, and especially a girdle. <laughs>